Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I am really excited that you've chosen to join us today. Something that I have dreamed of doing ever since I can remember is being a pilot. I mean, when I was little, I would, I would just hear an aircraft flying overhead and I'd be searching the sky for just a glimpse of it. I was just enthralled with the idea of flights and it has been a passion of mine, a dream of mine to get involved in aviation. And so I was really excited and privileged um, over two years ago to get my private pilot's license. I've been using that since to you know travel a little bit. I've been building up hours trying to trying to just <laughs> soak up every minute that I can in, in the cockpit of an aircraft. Our host today is Dr. Dan Riggs. He is a retired dentist, and he also has his pilot's license. And you'll be hearing in his story today some of the ways that he's been able to use that pilot's license for the honor and glory of God. You'll hear about some of his mission work and some of the things that he's done. You'll also hear about a miracle that occurred last year with him and his aircraft. So I hope you really enjoy the interview that we have for you today. And uh, here it is, Dr. Dan Riggs. Well, I was born in California and I lived out there while I was through college. And then uh, we, we went to South America and worked for three years down there. And then I moved to Lawrenceburg. And, I've been in Lawrenceburg 37 years now. Uh, most of that time I was practicing dentistry down on, uh, oh, East Gaines and Plasty Street. Okay. Wow. Dan, Dan is well known in this community and highly respected. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, we were, we've interviewed several people that have lived in California on this show. I know uh, we interviewed my wife not too long ago, and uh, she also is from California, so... Um, I know, Dr. Henderson, you spent some time in California as well. Yeah. So, um, so what were you doing in uh, South America? Well, after I got out of dental school, uh, we went down there and worked as a dentist for three years. One year in Guyana and then two years in Trinidad. Oh, wow. Wow. I bet you had some interesting experiences there. Yeah, some good, some bad. That's the way it was. <laughs> it was an experience, that's for sure. I wow. heard you said we. Were you married at that time? Yes, yes. My wife, Orlane, she, is, she worked as a speech therapist in the school district here in Lawrenceburg for almost 30 years. And she's wow. recently retired, but now she's back doing sub work for people who are on the maternity leave. Okay, okay, nice. Didn't she work in the area of children with special needs? Yeah, speech therapy covers that. And, yeah. Uh, Worked quite a bit with them over the years. Okay, wow, that's really neat. And so then, uh, so you spent three years down there. What what brought you to Lawrenceburg? Well, we moved back to Tennessee because I didn't want to live in California. It's a good, it's a good place to be from. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lawrenceburg is really nice. And and I had a classmate here, Dr. Warren Flimmer. And uh, I called him up one day, and he said, "Hey, stop in here and look me up. Says we could, I could use a partner." 
So hmm. we were together almost 30 years. Wow. Very successful. Yep. Getting along. That's good. <laughs> Two pilots. Yeah. Couldn't ask for couldn't ask for a better partner. Wow. Wow. So um so what what I mean, after after you got here you you started working with Dr. Flemmer and uh, you were working in dentistry. Did you pretty much just stick here with dentistry? I know I know recently you've gone on some trips and done some more um international stuff, you know, since since South America. Has that been since you retired or was that um all the way through? No, we started going mostly to Haiti back in about 1982. Okay. And uh, several of us got together and we bought a twin engine, twin Comanche airplane, and we would make frequent trips down to Haiti. And uh, in fact, Dr. Henderson's son, one of his sons went with us and several other people of the community have gone with us. And it was very, very fulfilling work. It was lots of fun. Then they got to shooting at each other down there. We decided maybe yeah. it's time to stay home for a while. So we've had to branch out and go to other places. Okay. It was my son, Mark, who went with him. And quite a few people here in the community know Mark, so I think they'd be interested in knowing that he had accompanied Dan on one of those trips. Wow. And so basically it was, it was to do dental work? I'm assuming, or yes, uh, that's what I, of course, that's what I was doing. We usually try to have a uh, medical doctor go along with us, okay. and um, you know, take care of that aspect. First trip I made down there, I remember uh, working about four hours doing all the anesthetics and doing all the extraction because that's all we were doing, and looking outside the wall, and they were half a block long. People lined up wanting to get teeth pulled. Wow, <laughs> and. Uh, I was having to get all the anesthetic and do all the extractions, and I think I pulled somewhere close to a thousand teeth in three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> no restorative work, huh? No, no. We didn't have the facility <laughs> right. for that, and that's really not what they needed at that point. Yeah. So, maybe after a few trips down there, I realized that we had to have some help, so we started training other folks down there to do it. And that had kind of a a two-prong of benefit because not only would they take care of the, of the toothaches immediately when they had them, but it also allowed these three or four guys and women to um, have a profession. Mm -hmm. So they actually you know, went from unemployed to pulling teeth, and mm -hmm. some of them got pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I bet there's a little bit of an art form in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is, there is. Uh, Dan, what year was it that you started that? You said you, on your first trip down there, what year was that? I want to say it was about 1982, 1983. Yeah, I, I knew it was after you had moved here to Lawrenceburg right, right. anyway. What year was it you moved here? I moved here in 1980, and I worked and drove back and forth to Portland, Tennessee, where my wife was in nursing school. and. Uh, then after that, she moved, got, got out of school. We, she moved down here in 81, just before our second daughter was born. Wow. So we've been here ever since. Love it. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it, it captures your heart, definitely. Yes, it does. It's the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got some good friends here that I've known <laughs> a long time now. 
We love the rolling hills in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, when you fly over them, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, you go just a little bit west of here and all of a sudden it gets flat. Right. Um, but it's really pretty in this area. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that uh, you bought a, a twin Comanche. So when did you start getting into aviation? Well, I, we were home briefly in, from uh, South America in 1977 and I started flight lessons then. And that's when our first daughter was born. Kimberly, who had a dental practice here for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, I didn't do anything for about three years until we came back and we moved into Portland, Tennessee for a year and a half. And that's when I actually got my license. Then we moved down here to Barnesburg in 1980. Okay. So I've been flying ever since. Wow, wow. My wife wouldn't let me take flying lessons. <laughs> oh no! My wife wishes I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you had you had kind of a close call not too long ago too. Yes, I was coming in and land out here at the airport, and and I was flying with my son-in-law, youngest son-in-law, and uh, got into wind shear, and uh, plane quit flying, and I lowered the nose to pick up speed, but. Not quick enough, apparently. Anyway, we banged on the runway real hard and something broke. And so when we started flying again, it just went off into the drainage ditches over there on the left, which is pretty deep. Yeah. And landed at the bottom of it and broke my back and got a concussion. So I look at the pictures that the NTSB took of it for their accident report. I realized mm -hmm. how much the Lord was looking out for us because. <laughs> Pretty twisted. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a miracle story right there. Yeah, and it certainly is, and these things happen so fast too. Yeah, yeah. So, so your wife has grounded you now, or? Well, she'd like to. <laughs> I just felt like flying just yet, but yeah, I landed at the bottom of the ditch there, and I said to myself, "Well, my son-in-law said I heard him say, oh, my boy, my boy.'" He had a two and a half year old at the time yeah he'd been the primary caretaker and then i'm over on the left seat and i'm going my wife's gonna kill me my wife's gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes. but i'm not out of aviation yet because i'm i'm doing work for uh Adventist world aviation they um, take airplanes and and fix them up and send them out mission fields here and there they've got two or three in guyana and uh Another one's getting ready to go to Brazil, and I got some in the Philippines and, and Alaska, all kinds of places. I'm not too sure where. So mm -hmm. I am uh, taking a non paying job with them, rebuilding airplanes here in Lawrenceburg. Wow, wow. And you've been working with them for quite a while, it seems like, right? A year. You've d okay. Yeah, I got my airframe power plant license so I can work on certified airplanes. And Okay. And, Dan, uh, is that the organization out of California? No, they are out of North Carolina. They used oh, to be okay. In, they used to be in Wisconsin, but they're over near Raleigh. I know there was a group in California that right. did that, that was too. Right, Maranatha. Mm. Some of the folks from Maranatha have moved over to AWA. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty good group, and I'm having a lot of fun rebuilding airplanes. That's really neat. And so then that, that helps them get the, the airplanes at a little bit cheaper yes. cost then. Yeah. People, yeah. people donate airplanes and mm -hmm. if nothing they can use then we fix them up and sell them and mm -hmm. use the money for operations. And then the ones they need 
for the mission field, like there's a, a tool, Cessna 206 on floats that's going to Brazil. Mm -hmm. The 182 is going to Guyana, and there's another 182 that's going to the Philippines here in the next six months. So, wow, that's what we're doing. Where do you do that? Oh, I've got a, there's a, Dr. Everett has a hangar over here that he built, and I'm renting half of it at the airport. Okay. And so I just do it out of that. That's where I had my plane before I augured in, so got a lot of room to do that now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Now, the plane that, that you were in the uh, crash with, was that the one you built? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. It was about an eight-year job to build that. It was high performance, pretty complicated, and flew really nice, but it took eight years to build it. Wow. But it took a lot of, you know, I learned a lot of good skills. It's transferring over to what I'm doing for Advent World Aviation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a lot of, so, so the loss of the airplane is not only loss of money, but a loss of, you know, eight years of time. Yeah, it was insured. Yeah. So that helped. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's definitely a miracle that that, that turned out the way it did. Um, yes, that's, I realized that again when I was looking at the NTSB report last week. and realized how twisted up it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so, so any other projects that you're working on now? You're working with AWA. Um, is that pretty much your big focal? focus right now? Or? That's pretty much what I'm what I'm doing. I'm in between airplanes right now because I just finished rebuilding and recovering one and I'm gonna take the wings off, put it on a trailer and take it over to Raleigh and put it back together again for them and they're bringing another airplane, a Cessna down for me to work on. Okay. And um, um, I think there's also another experimental one they have, a fork I believe they call it, that they half finished and they need somebody to do that. I may end up with that one too. Okay. <laughs> I like to keep busy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, well, we're uh, almost out of time. I know we've covered quite a bit. Um, any other questions that you have for him, Dr. Henderson? Well, I just want to reminisce a little. <laughs> uh, when Dan first moved here, uh, we had offices out at the old sanitarium, which was had been destroyed, and it was uh, a, a new building at that time when he moved in with uh, Dr. Flemmer. Uh, and my office was right across the hall from Dan and, and Warren. And uh, we used to just enjoy just chatting a while, you know, and then uh, he and Warren decided to build their private office down on uh, Pulaski Street. And uh, so we didn't have as much contact then at the time. But I've really had some high uh, regard for his family. Uh, he has two daughters. And... Uh, I remember going down to the Chattanooga area, I don't remember what city for sure it was, when his older daughter got married to uh, Gabriel Ruiz. And his younger daughter had just had a, 
some kind of a injury and accident and she was the maid of honor <laughs> so she had to come down the aisle on crutches <laughs> yeah there had been three days post-op and yeah they were anytime she stopped she had to put her leg up and then they'd wrap a big thing around it that would flow cold water through it oh wow, wow. but his family was have been involved in outreach in the community and that type of thing. Their younger daughter, is she married to a physician? What is his no, status? He, he was a nursing home administrator. And oh. Then, then he and I have gotten into development over in Chattanooga. Okay. But Julie now just got a job. She's the number three person in a nursing home chain now. She's in charge of uh, clinical operations for a very fast-growing nursing home chain in California, Utah, and Colorado. Uh-huh. Brand new job. Well. I wish her luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of pressure in that job. Yeah. Let me ask Joel a question. Have you ever heard, yeah. ever heard what you thought was an angel's voice? I'm honestly not sure I have. Well, people may laugh and say I'm crazy, but I really truly believe I heard that one time. We had just moved into a house over on Boyd Street here in, in Lawrenceburg, mm -hmm. and we had been there, oh, I think that was the first Christmas, so it was 1981. And we had an old Buick Skylark, and it was overheating and was giving us trouble. And so I opened up the hood, I'd run around and it had gotten real hot, and I opened up the hood and I stick my head way back in there to see if anything was leaking anywhere. And I very distinctly heard a voice say, move your head. Mm. Now I don't know if it was, you know, internally in my head or whether I actually heard it through mm -hmm. my ears, but it was so distinct, move your head. I snapped my head back and just then the radiator hose exploded. Oh dear. <laughs> covered the whole inside with steam, which would probably would have blinded me. Oh, wow. So when I got up and I looked around, man, there was nobody out. It was Christmas Eve and everybody was indoors. Wow. So wow. I think I know who said what. Yeah. 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 Wow. But that's my story. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> yes. Well, you've had several miracles in your life. And, and uh, yeah, I want to thank you for coming and sharing on, on the radio program as well as just letting God use you and, uh, and serving Him. What an inspiring testimony. I'm just so thankful to Dan that he was willing to come on the podcast and share his story. You know, a story of, of miracles, a story of him sharing his abilities, talents, you know, resources to the honor and glory of God. And, and just, you know, the way that God spared him in his accident last year to the, hearing the voice of an angel saving his life, you know, move your head. How many of us can actually say that we've heard the voice of an angel and yet Dan has that testimony that he can share with people. Next week, we have an exciting interview with a friend of mine, Pastor Nacho. He is the associate pastor of one of the churches in Nashville. And uh, he was actually able to go down to Houston in the and participate in the relief efforts after the flooding down there last year after the hurricane. And so he shares a little bit about his story about going down there and the way that it affected his life. 
being able to help in that terrible tragedy. So here is an excerpt from next week's interview with Pastor Nacho. The scenario that a lot of people found themselves in was like Mr. Cho. You know, he's lived there 30 years, 30 plus years, and never once has his house flooded. And so, you know, if you're a normal human being who's lived in your house, if your house is declared not to be in a flood zone, you would normally not want to pay for flood insurance. Right, right. And so people like Mr. Cho, you know, decided I don't need flood insurance because my house, well, first of all, is not in a flood zone. My house hasn't flooded in 30 years and I don't think it will ever flood. Right. And then, and then Harvey came mm. and destroyed his house. Next week, you'll be able to hear much more about Pastor Nacho as well as Mr. Cho as he shares the stories of the people that he met there in Houston after Hurricane Harvey. I want to thank you so much for listening to today's story of faith and hope. Music was provided by Dexter Britton, and you can find us on the web at faithandhoperadio.com or search Apple Podcasts for stories of faith and hope. When you do that, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate that. And in the meantime, until next week, have faith and hope.